together for today. <laughs> we can just bullshit today. Right? Uh, yeah, why not? I mean, we yeah, we we do that well. Mm-hmm. Hello, and welcome to Middle a podcast about moderation in all things. I am Michael Gray. And I am Aaron Green. And I just realized before I did the countdown, we didn't say who was going to do what here. And I just went. <laughs> you seemed pretty confident. And I was, I was just going to point at you if. <laughs> well, so this is our, this is normally we record once a week. This is our third recording in less than a week. So yeah, we have a pretty a good bit. idea of who did what last. <laughs> I mean, part of me was like, maybe we should make this a regular practice where we're recording more frequently, but at the same time, it's. It's a lot to juggle around and carve it out is. that time. Mm-hmm. If we had, like, I could see if we had, like, you know, some sponsors, this was like a, a decent thing, income for us. I, I could do it for a few weeks for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Because I love doing this. It's super fun. Mm-hmm. But yeah. When it's, when but it's until we get to, there, <laughs> trying to fit in, like, you know, how we make money and pay our bills, it's like, oh, three in a week is a lot. <laughs> I know I, I have to keep reminding myself of the value, not just that it's enjoyable. And I think the subject matter is important and it actually helps me in my work because then I'm referring back to some of the episodes, some of the things we talked about, even some of the research we do to prepare for the episodes and I can share things with clients. So I do think it makes me a better dietitian, a better, you know, coach and all that stuff. Um, at the same time, it also helps. I, I do a fair number of speaking gigs and presentations, and it just helps you kind of practice those skills of being on camera and being articulate and, you know, getting your thoughts in order and being organized on a subject matter and yeah, trying sure. to be like charming and engaging, which yeah. just keep trying. you help with that. I know. <laughs> just keep working on that. You're getting there, buddy. You're getting there. I know. I know. <laughs> Way better than it used to be. Man, we first started. Whew. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, geez. Kidding. I think Aaron has always been way more professional than, than oh, thanks. No, I've ever been. We're good. We're good. We're a good team. Yeah. So, so how's, good. How's things? Things are good. I mm-hmm. had such a fun Saturday. We did an event did called Cranksgiving. Oh. Yes. Okay. And not cranks like you're cranky and grumpy and just grinchy. You hang out with all the family members that you don't care for. <laughs> so no, everyone's like, survive. everyone's like, isn't Cranksgiving every year, every fourth Thursday of November? Isn't that Cranksgiving? <laughs> no, Cranksgiving is a charity event where cranks like a bicycle crank. Mm-hmm. So everybody gathers on bicycles and you have this manifest that they hand you at the beginning of the ride. Like you can only open it at a certain time and you open the manifest and it has the, the instructions on what it's very vague when you're signing up for it, which is a little mm-hmm. bit like you, you know, that you're supposed to ride around and get groceries and do things, but you have no idea what that entails. So my, my friends and I, there was a team of three of us and we opened the manifest and there's all these 
really cool little facts to find out about Boise. So you ride around to all these different places in Boise and you kind of learn Boise's history and just some little factoids and things. And you write them down, you know, fill in the blank on the answers. And then there's also like a scavenger hunt. So you need to pick up food at all these different uh, businesses that have donated food for needy families. And then you also have to go and buy this list of groceries. So like cans of green beans and, um, you know, cranberry sauce and whatever. So we, so we're, I mean, you're on bicycles doing all of this and it's, I mean, I rode, I think I rode over 20 miles. I rode from my house, but then riding around town, doing all this stuff. And my backpack was like over 20 pounds when I finished. Cause Jeez. I had a 10 pound sack of potatoes in there <laughs> and I had like a can of yams and like onions and apples, you know, heavy stuff and all the weight evenly distributed, of course. Yeah. Oh, sure. I'm like <laughs> wobbling around about to run over people on the green belt. So it was super fun. We, we had a great time doing it. And, you know, some of the stops are kind of a party atmosphere where they, you know, have some snacks and, um, have little games and stuff for you to do. And it was just a great time. And then it all, you come to the finish at a local brewery and, you know, turn in all your food and your manifest. And, um, there is a prize for the biggest Turkey, which is, I mean, if you think about it, like, yeah, it would be great to hunt through and find the biggest turkey, but then you have to ride with it for right. how many miles around town. So yeah. my my friend's husband Tyler did the grocery store run and he's texting us and he's like, I got a huge turkey. <laughs> We're like, okay. <laughs> so we we get we meet up with him and we're like, how big is this turkey? He's like, oh, you got to see this thing. It's almost 23 pounds. And I'm like, that's Tyler. a big turkey. <laughs> <laughs> a big turkey. And he was convinced we were going to win the biggest turkey. And then when we were there at the brewery, we heard we didn't as somebody else had a bigger turkey. But then we got a call later that that team didn't finish all of the things on the manifest oh. or they like missed something. So we were second in line. And so we won like gift cards and, some, nice. you know, local goods. So it That's was fun. really fun. We just had a blast doing it and riding around. I mean, the weather was nice and you learn yeah. some things about your city that you've lived in for sure. so long. You had no idea. There's a pinball museum here. Yeah. Really? Yes. It's Man. out on Shinden and it's just this nondescript white building. You would never know. It's not even marked. There's like a, there's a sign out front, like a sandwich board sign that says pinball. And that's it. <laughs> And there's like, and it smells like musty, like old shit. So in there. no, you, <laughs> so you've like, seen the, you've seen the word museum pretty loosely. Exactly. There's a building with a bunch of old pinball machines. In it. Yeah. And you come in and you play pinball for free. It's That's great. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. So I, I would anyway, go play pinball for free. That was, that was my Saturday. It was really nice. fun. That sounds pretty great. Mm-hmm. Um, I have, I had a fine weekend Friday. We had a Friendsgiving, uh, with some friends down here. We just went over some friends and we all brought our own pizza and kids swam in the pool and just hung out. And that was nice. Um, I don't know what I did Saturday. Oh, Saturday. It was our first kind of like open Saturday in quite a while because Sophie was in soccer and it's, it finished two weeks ago. So we didn't have to be up early for soccer games and Lila's in a play and she didn't have play practice this weekend for the first time in like 
weeks. So we were like, oh, like a Saturday with time. <laughs> nice. And huh, what do we do here? So yeah, we yeah, we did some work over at Cat's mom's and just puttered around and did laundry and grocery store and just kind of hung out and it was nice. It's a good weekend, laid back. And here like we are that. Monday, the Monday before yes. Thanksgiving. We're here Monday. Do you, yeah. do you feel like it's a little easier to swallow because you've only got a few, well, you're going camping tomorrow, right? So you don't even have a few days of work before Thanksgiving. Yeah. Well, I have like seven days of work to do before then oh. because I was on jury duty too. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and then like, I'm losing a couple work days this week. And I lost work days last week and the week before. Yeah. No. So it's like, feels super yeah, stressful so to me. Scratch that. Scratch that. It's yeah. not easier to swallow. You're like, holy crap. Yeah. It's like, okay, got to focus. And Kat's working today. So I, and Lada's out of school. So I'm here with the girls and it's like, oh boy. So yeah. they're upstairs watching TV and, you know, I gave them very stern so... threats of like, <laughs> you will stay here. You will not interrupt me unless it's an emergency. Uh... If you guys get into a fight and I have to come up there, there will be consequences. <laughs> Chill out. Be nice to each other. So to our gracious listeners, if mm -hmm. there's an interruption in today's episode, we appreciate your patience. We'll try to edit it out, but I'm or confident. Not. I'm confident we can get through this without, without you know, there's been a couple of interruptions that we've just left. Yeah. Cause you know, it's authentic. My favorite is the one where in the middle of us talking, I, uh, I hear Sophie from upstairs. I went poop. <laughs> I've actually had a few people message me about that. Like one of them was like, they watched it like six weeks later. Like, oh my God, I just watched this episode. <laughs> so funny. Sophie in the background was hilarious. It was the best part. Yeah. That's kind of the way that goes. Yep. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. So we're coming up on Thanksgiving as of time. You know, this will, this will come out mid December, I think, but yeah. Yeah. You have a, what are you doing for Thanksgiving? Uh, we are staying here and doing Friendsgiving with okay, some friends nice. that we awesome. do every year, except for last year, because mm -hmm. obviously, um, so obviously. Yeah. cool. Keeping it low key. Yeah. So, nice. Right on. Um, well, yeah. we have a topic for you today. For me, you guys got a topic for me. Aww. I'm talking to our listeners. Oh, I you, you and I, Michael have right. a topic have for a our topic listeners. For them. Okay. Now I'm yes. Right. So Today, we are talking about getting out of your own head. Mm -hmm. How do we address that mental spiral that tends to grab hold of us? And I think we're all mm -hmm. subject to this, like just kind of getting caught up in your own thoughts. And even when people say, oh, I'm aware of what I'm thinking, or I'm aware of what I'm feeling, or I, I know what, you know, what to do about this sometimes it can be really hard to transition from what's going on in your brain to tangible action or, you know, actually being present and, and doing something about it and feeling better. And we, we see this, Michael, and I see this a lot in our clients and, um, especially with behavior change, there's a lot of, I know what I should do, but I just, yeah. this happens or I, you know, there's something holding me back. And so we're going to kind of dig into that today and, and talk about some of the, some of the strategies and just have a few stories and examples for you. Yeah. 
Well, I think just, you know, I mean, there's, there's some things that we've talked about before in past episodes that I think we'll refer to again, you know, um, but I think we all tend to have these limiting beliefs, you know, we kind of put like governors on ourselves of what our capabilities are, what we're able to do. Um, and for a variety of reasons, you know, I think, you know, I, as I was thinking about kind of mentally preparing for this episode, I kept flipping back to episode 11, which was rewriting that inner script, you know, which, um, I think is worth it given a, a listen to, uh, if you have listened to it or a, a re-listen, if you have, um, because that's something I talk about with clients a lot is we sort of have this assumption of how it's going to go. And it's, it's kind of like that self-fulfilling prophecy thing. Like, you know, we, we get geared up and we get the courage to make an attempt at being a healthy again. And I say courage because for a lot of people, it does take a lot of courage to do this because past attempts have left you feeling beat up and hopeless and desperate. And like, maybe I'm just not cut out for this. And I, I really believe that for most people, to say, okay, I want to take some steps to be a healthier person is, is a real act of courage, you know? And, and even though we build up that courage and we, we step forth boldly and with bravery, right. We still, a lot of times have this assumption of how it's going to go because of how it's gone in the past, you know? And I think a lot of times we see, well, I won't say you, but you can tell me if this is true for you, but a lot of times I see clients as they start to get into things, when certain things happen that have happened in the past, it's that, oh, well, of course, of course this is happening because yes. this is what always happens, right? Yeah. Almost like there's an expectation of like, okay, yeah. I've got the courage to do it, but we all know this is going to go because we know how it's gone every time, you know? And there's that element of we're, we're in our heads in those situations where we're thinking about past attempts and this, there's no judgment here. Cause I get it a hundred percent, right? Like we, we tend to believe that what's going to happen is what has happened before, because that's what we know, you know? Mm-hmm. And, but we, we find ourselves kind of stuck in our heads and our own thoughts and ruminate on the past and, you know, worries about the past or worries about the future. And we struggle to be in the moment with what we're doing. And I think one of the biggest reasons we struggle with being healthy long-term is because we, we don't live mindfully. We don't live in a really, you know, highly aware ways. We don't live in the moments we're in, we're not present. We're, we're in our heads worrying about, you know, how past decisions are going to affect now or what's going to happen in the future, that kind of stuff. And it pulls us out of doing and focusing on what we're supposed to be doing right now. And I think that's often um, one of the biggest hurdles for being healthy long-term is staying present, staying mindful Mm -hmm. and, and getting out of getting out of our heads. Yeah. And don't you think that people get to a point where maybe they're not even aware of what is holding them back? I mean, I've had lots of conversations with people and I don't, again, I, I don't know all the psychology behind this, but I know that certain parts of the brain when they are active will basically not allow you to access other parts of your brain until you consciously, you know, start going into that mm-hmm. rational logical space. And so there's, you know, a couple techniques that you can do that. Sure. Yeah. But, I, th- I agree. Completely agree. Yeah, I don't know I the science that, either, but it sure seems like that. Yeah. And I think that people will tell, I hear people say all the time, I don't know what's holding me back. I don't know why this is so hard for me. Um, I don't, 
and, and some people who have gone through therapy or have really good insight and are self-aware will say, I know there's something there in my thought process, in my psyche. I just don't know what it is and I don't know how to break through it. And this is something that of course, like therapy can help and, um, you know, just different. Some people read books on this kind of stuff and, and find techniques that help them. Um, and then there are certain things that, you know, Michael and I can help with too, just in terms of like healthy behavior change, you know, just taking action. So I think it's important for people, first of all, to become aware of some of these thoughts and maybe these moments when you are in, I call it like this mental tangle where you just kind of feel like you're stuck with these recurring thoughts and, and maybe even your, like you said, you know, that self-fulfilling prophecy of, well, I, I never follow through with these things, or this is how it's happened for me in the past. Um, first, the first step is being aware of that. And then the next is like, you know, facing that and overcoming it. And how can we, how can we move beyond it? You know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You know, I think to me, it seems like one of the one of, and I, I, I kind of piggybacking what I was just saying, but one of the, the biggest hurdles for most people and, and the reasons why are different and how this exactly plays out can be different, but is, is that mindfulness piece? Is that being in the moment? I mean, I think we see that when, you know, we're like, if someone's exercising, are you, are you there in the moment? Are you feeling your body move? Right. Are you aware of how it feels to move your body and to exercise? Are you aware of what you're communicating to yourself as you're exercising? Because we can be doing a healthy thing like exercising and communicating a bunch of awful, unhealthy stuff to ourselves, right? Like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, I'm I'm this, I'm that. I when I do this movement, my stomach rolls and I hate that. And people are looking at me and you know, I mean, <clears throat> like that can absolutely happen a lot, right? Or if we're talking about food, like <clears throat> sorry. We can be eating healthy food, but in unhealthy ways, right? Like, like not present, you know, we can be eating it for unhealthy reasons. We can be not aware of, of how our body is feeling and how foods taste. And we can be really mindless with this stuff. Um, and, and I really think that, that a lot of that being in your own head, a lot of it really comes down to to being present or not, to being intentional or not, to being mindful or not, to being aware or not, you know, um, because I think when we get caught up in our own head, we're focused on what we're not doing, right? Or let's see, how do I want to say this? Like if we're mindful, we're, we're really uh, focused on, on what we're doing in the moment, right? Obviously that's kind of what that means. Like how am I eating? Why am I eating? What am I experiencing? How, how's my body feel? What am I communicating with myself? Like I'm, I'm just in this moment. I'm living in this moment. And I think if we're living in that moment purposefully, it's really hard to be in our own heads. <laughs> you know, it's hard to be distracted well, by anxieties mm-hmm. and worries and future and that kind of stuff. But if we're not living that way, then it's really easy to be there because if we're not in the moment, where else are we going to be? Yeah. I think somewhere yeah, else that we can't that, directly control right now, you know, I, sorry, yeah, and I, I, that was a half no, idea when I started saying no, that that's, that's what you're, that's what you're getting to is that mm-hmm. when you're not in the present moment here and now and observing what's happening right now, where you are, 
you're either in the future or in the past. So there's worry or anxiety, right? Like, so there's, so there's all this, you know, if you're thinking about the past, there's regret, maybe there's some, you know, worry there, maybe there's shame there. If -hmm. you're living in the future, then there's anxiety, there's worry there. Um, maybe some nervousness, you know, if you're right here and right now, it's, you can tangibly describe what you're doing, what you're feeling, what thoughts are happening. And this is where I think this is a good place to talk about that five, four, three, two, one practice that I learned this from a colleague of mine, Kaylee Featherstone, who's a psychologist here in town in Boise, um, just a brilliant person and a wonderful person. And she shared this five, four, three, two, one practice with me. And turns out Michael knows this practice too. And I don't know where, where'd you get it? I honestly don't have any idea. So I mean, the, way, <laughs> the way I've done it is a little bit different, but conceptually the same. Um, yeah. And it's, it works well for clients. I, I, I don't know, honestly, I don't know if I, another coach talked to me about it, or maybe I got it from a client or I, I really don't know. It's something yeah. I've used for the last maybe four or five years with people um, that can really work pretty well. So, yeah. So basically you, once you become aware that these thoughts and feelings are sort of consuming you or that you're feeling kind of stuck, like you, you can't take action or, or you're maybe even becoming aware of physical anxiety or Mm -hmm. stress or something that's emerging in you, you just stop and you look around in your present environment, you name five things you can see and actually say them out loud five things you can see, four things you can touch, three things you can hear, two things you can smell, and one thing you can taste. And I'm thinking about from a, from an athlete standpoint that I get to that one thing I can taste. And I'm like the 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 lactic acid in my mouth, like salt on my face, the, (laughs) the dry mouth. So, um, I think this has a number of applications. First of all, it forces you to just set aside. It's really hard to be all consumed by whatever thoughts are going on in your head when you're consciously kind of challenging yourself to look around your immediate environment and name these things, right? Mm -hmm. It forces you out of that, that kind of mental spiral. Mm -hmm. And it also I think really reinforces, this is where I am right now. And I don't know if anybody's heard the, you know, some of the self-talk, like I am safe where I am right now. That's another kind of message that, that works in um, psychology and with anxiety and, and, you know, maybe trauma and stuff to remind yourself that where I am right now is actually a safe place. Like I'm Mm -hmm. here, I'm in my office, you know, I'm in my house. There is no immediate threat to me physically or mentally. So here I am. And this practice this five, four, three, two, one sort of forces the same kind of thing where you observe your environment. Okay. This is where I am right now. Um, And it, it puts space, it puts like a tangible time space between all of those thoughts and that mental tangle that you were just in and then moving beyond that into, okay, so I've, I've just observed my environment. I've kind of created a little bit of space, you know, maybe it takes 10 seconds to do those things. It kind of gives your brain a pause so that it can reconnect with that, like logical, rational side of your brain too. 
Yeah. And that's what I love about this is it, I mean, I get the thing I keep thinking of is like, and maybe this is kind of like the theme for the day is like, get out of your head and get in the moment, you know, because Mm -hmm. if we're in the moment, we're not in our head. If we're in our head, we're not in the moment. And that's exactly what this does. Like, you know, I, this isn't a fix for like, you know, big bouts of anxiety or, you know, like that's, that's a different thing. Like there's, you know, if, if someone struggles with like clinical anxiety, yeah. like we're not talking about that. Okay. But we are talking about moments that feel kind of crippling or moments that are um, where you're sort of rehearsing that script that just beats you down um, or where you're doubting your ability uh, to do certain things, you know, that kind of stuff. And I realized this is my perspective when I, when I first kind of learned about this, at least I don't know what, what you thought, Aaron, but when I first kind of heard about this, I was like, man, that kind of seems cheesy. <laughs> you know, I know I was like, I okay. can never picture myself doing this. <laughs> what can I see? What can I feel like? Okay. This is sure. Okay. But it's one of those things that it's, it, it, it really made me aware and it got me excited to like, let my clients be aware of like, this is how much power you have, right? Like you, you have the, a lot of power to take yourself out of those sort of like worked up, anxious, worrisome moments. And with not a lot of effort, you know, to, to, to take yourself out of that and put yourself in a healthier mindset and a, and a better place mentally and to bring yourself into the present. And, and I think that's, it's, it's a really good illustration of how often the things that we are, we have built up to be these huge things are often only huge things because of how we're looking at them, our our perspective on them. You know what I mean? And when we actually get into the present and we're able to see things a little bit more rationally and a little bit less like emotion-based fear-based or worry-based or whatever, we can go, Oh, okay. I know what I need to do. Mm -hmm. I can see what I need to do and I can do it. It's very doable, you know? Um, because when we get out of our heads and we get in that moment and, and that's a big perspective shift, right? Like if we're looking at things from worry and anxiety, things can seem enormous, Mm -hmm. but if we can, if we can take a little bit of energy and effort and shift our perspective and get in the moment. A lot of times those things are, Oh, this is doable. I'm not saying it's going to be easy necessary. I think sometimes it is. I think sometimes people are like, okay, like I was making so much out of this and it was nothing. Sure. Absolutely. That's not always the case. Sometimes it's still, it's still hard, but it's a lot more doable. And it's, I've been shocked at how well this can work for people you know, that are, are worked up in that, those anxious, worrisome states to just like ground yourself. Like, Hey, let's get mm. here right now. Let's get right here in this moment. And it's some serious power in getting present and getting in the moment. It really can sh- shift uh, perspective in, in powerful ways. Mm-hmm. And I'm reminded of, um, there's a, an ultra runner who's also a dietitian and she practices, she has gotten into a lot of psychology and, and mindset and, you know, food relationship kinds of things. And she talks about having your anchor. What is your anchor in this moment? And your anchor can be anything about you that is unchanging. So it's a characteristic, it's a value, it's, 
you know, anything about you that helps you feel grounded, or it can be anything about the moment that helps you feel mm-hmm. grounded. And, um, again, that, that helps you just feel like all of these things that seem to be out of your control right now, swimming around in your head and causing these emotions that block your path forward, finding that anchor and coming back to, you know, Oh, but this, the sun is out and I just love sunny days and sunshine makes me feel, um, alive and hopeful. And if you can access that and turn that into, and that again is doing exactly what you're saying, it's putting yourself present. And so you're observing this thing that is right here and now and how it helps you feel right in a positive sense, that's your anchor, you know, or just reminding yourself. I mean, I know some people that have something tactile that is their anchor, you know, those worry Mm -hmm. stones. Do you ever remember those Mm -hmm. where they're, they're like a polished little stone? Mm -hmm. Um, you know, some people, I, when I was a kid, I had a blanket with like the silk kind of border around it. And I used to rub that thing. Like my mom still has it. And there's one tiny strip of silk left because I rubbed all of it off because that was my comfort when I was a little kid. And so I think that's another thing you can try is just how do I have this anchor, this thing? It could be an observation, a feeling, something tactile, um, a phrase, a mantra, that helps bring you back into that present moment. So I think there's also, you know, so many ways to do that too. We'll talk a little bit about, I want to reference our, our episode on journalizing Mm -hmm. your life, which was episode 31. And this is something that I have seen work for a lot of people. Um, I tell a lot of my clients that I want them to write things down And even if they don't, and and they'll say like, I don't know if you wanted me to share this with you or put this in here so that we both can see it. And, and I always say, look, if you want to share those things with me, by all means, I'm happy to, to see them all and read them and, and give you feedback. If there are some things that you just want to keep for yourself and you, I still want you to write them down because putting them on paper brings them to life. It makes them tangible and puts Mm -hmm. them out in the world. Mm -hmm. And I can't tell you how many times people have said, oh, now that I write that, I am realizing how irrational that is or how unhelpful or silly that is, or that I just had an epiphany that like, man, here's the answer to move beyond that feeling or thought. And so that's another way to get, get those things out of your head and actually put them down on paper in the real world. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I'm glad you brought up that episode because I think, you know, I'll be honest, journaling is a practice that I struggle with. I do. And I don't for a long time and I do, and I don't. And whenever I do, I'm always really glad I did. Um, and I think that's another, you said 31. So it was episode 31. Yeah. That's another one to man. Like, yeah, I think that's one that's really worth diving into. So, Hey, if you're like traveling for Thanksgiving, you know, maybe like, yeah, save episode 11 and episode 31 and revisit those. Cause I think they're both really going to build on and expand and reinforce everything we're talking about. Yeah. Today, well, and remember know. that for journaling only 15 to 20 minutes four time or once a month during a four month period. So once a month for 15 or 20 minutes can yeah. lower blood pressure and liver functionality. So there's, there's benefits just to doing some very minimal journaling kinds of practices. Yeah. So I think, I think 
I don't remember what exactly you said. It was a little bit earlier, but it made me think of this, that, you know, I think that the issue when we're in our own heads is that we kind of get like black or night, white or all or none, right? Like mm, if we're yeah. in our heads worrying, then it's really easy for us to feel like this is, it's a hundred percent this. My life is a hundred percent this. It's only worry and anxiety because it, it can just overtake, right? And I, I think it's fair to say that probably most of the time for most of us, our lives are not only one thing. And I shared this, gosh, I don't know, this is early on, I think. Um, in fact, it may have been a mean and the mundane. It was probably over a year ago. It was a long time ago. But I was just having like a stressful week. And Kat like insisted, like she was like, stop working, go outside and be with your kids. Like go play with the girls. Oh yeah. And I was I fighting her. Do you remember yeah. that? Yeah, yeah, because I was just like, no, I got to work and da, da, da. And, I, and she's like, you're not being productive. Like, stop it. Get outside, you know? And for me, that's something, and I, and I still struggle with this for sure, because when you're in your own head, it does feel, it overtakes, right? Um, but it's something I've learned and it's getting easier to, to act on, I guess, is I know that that anchor that you're talking about, my kids are one of those anchors for me mm -hmm. because- it's really hard when I'm feeling like life is just anxiety and stress right now. And that's all I'm experiencing. It's really hard for me to go engage with Sophie, right? Like go play make-believe or jump on the trampoline or push her on the swing or go, you know, um, ride bikes with Lila or have a conversation or color or draw with her. It's really hard for me to go into those moments and continue to feel like life is only stress and anxiety. Mm -hmm. because it's like real clear right in my face. No, life's also really awesome because this is really freaking awesome right now. Like this is mm -hmm. the best stuff. And, and I think that's the importance of at least for moments, stepping out of our own head, doing something intentionally to bring you into the moment because it reminds you like, oh yeah, life isn't only this right now. It's not mm -hmm. only stress. It's not only shit. Like there's beauty and love and laughter and really awesome things that even if they're not overpowering right now, mm -hmm. they're there and I get to go access them and take a breath and take a breather and be in the moment. And I think, um, it's, it's, it's important. Like you said, I'm really glad. I think anchor was a really good word mm -hmm. because I think it is important to have those things in your life that do anchor you to, to beauty and positively and positivity and love and light, you know, that you can just go, mm -hmm. okay. I need to go over there. And this thing always gets me there. Like this thing always reminds me that life isn't only this. Mm -hmm. And so maybe that's a good practice there is identifying your anchors. You know, what are things that, that can kind of tether you to pull you out of, you know, the, the storms, you know, of stress and, and anxiety. The uh, dietitian I was just mentioning, her name is Marie Dalzot. She mm -hmm. lives in Oregon, I believe. And she's just Maria Dalza on, uh, Instagram. And that's where I found, I'll try and look back and see if I can find that episode because, okay. um, I, I found it to be really helpful and, and interesting. She, she works in polyvagal theory, which is a, um, trauma informed care kind of practice. Mm. So anyway, um, just a little more information there, but I, I totally agree that you're, you know, and just, shout out to Kat and then my husband, right. Matt as well, because 
usually the people in your life that can pull you out of your spiral or you're, mm-hmm. you're swimming around in your own head. Those people are critical to, to helping you stay in the present or, or yeah. find the present again. And yeah. this is, you know, another facet of this conversation is especially during the last year and a half. I mean, it'll be a couple years very soon that we've been in this pandemic situation And I see, and I feel in myself, the impact of the social isolation that has been happening. And man, we are spending a lot of time in our own heads. And we talked about this in our social media episode. I don't remember when that one was, but I can look back on it. Um, you know, while you're talking, if you want, I think there's kind of a twofold point that I want to make here. One is that having someone in your life. Okay. So like a a spouse or even a roommate, a good friend, a parent who can kind of pull you into the present and have that conversation and remind you that, Hey, there's other things going on in your life right now that will help get you out of that mental spiral or get out of your own head. And conversation does that. You have to respond to the person. If you're in person, you have to respond to body language. And, you know, if you're really listening and your intent, if you are listening to somebody else, it is impossible to be stuck in your own head. Mm-hmm. And so when you're having a conversation and you have that social interaction, it can be a very powerful um, grounding experience so that you are not just swimming around in, in the past or the future. Right. So I, I think that social interaction is key and how I'm going to tie this in with social media. It is not the same. It is not the same as having a conversation with another person, because what happens you get online, you read some posts or you, you know, read someone's thread and all you're thinking about is your response. You are not thinking about you know, having a conversation with this person, you are thinking about how you are going to make your point and dump your brain onto the page. So it is, it's not the same as having that real life interaction. And I think one of the challenges that we're facing in this pandemic time is how, how many conversations do you really have just off the cuff with anybody these days? Right. I mean, sometimes we are not sure that we can even chat to a stranger in the grocery store anymore. Like, you know, you don't have those water cooler conversations because a lot of people are working from home. Um, there's a lot of contention around like, you know, whether you're masking or not masking or, you know, what we can talk about with current events, because there's, there's so much division there. And so Mm -hmm. I think we are just not having as many, you know, just, um, kind of random spontaneous conversations with people. And I think it then, turns this inward and we're constantly mm-hmm. in our own heads and swimming around there. So just but a couple agree, things yeah. to think about how can you cultivate some of those natural, spontaneous conversations and recognize that social media is not a substitute for right. having those in-person conversations. Absolutely. Real quick. Episode 51, how does social media serve you? Okay. Which and this is interesting. The episode, this, this doesn't matter at all. This is me being a nerd. It's been episode 11, 31, 51. They've all been 20 apart. No, that's just oh, we should look at like what episode 
21 and 61 are 41. What's, what's 71? Does it pertain <laughs> nutrient timing for exercise? Nope. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> nope. Um, yeah. And that's, but I'm really glad you brought that up. Cause that's a really good point because there is the thing about like having in-person conversations is we talk about connecting with people and what we don't realize about connecting with people is like, we literally energetically connect with people. Like when we're with someone in the same space, we exchange energy, right? Like Mm -hmm. there's like things happening that we don't see at all. And we Mm -hmm. literally like connect energetically, you know, and that's why having a, a really good conversation with someone in person versus a really good conversation with someone via email. I mean, mean, those can be great on social media or email. Like they could still be good. It can make you feel good. You can feel better, that kind of stuff, but it's not the same. And Mm -hmm. when we connect, it's because we're literally connecting. Like we're like bonded in some way. I don't know Mm -hmm. how that works, but I absolutely believe in it. And like, there's this energetic exchange. And when we're isolated so much and we don't have these conversations or we're just in our, in our home with the same people all the time, like we don't get to experience different energies and different exchanges and connect in different ways. And I think that's when we just get like kind of spinning in a circle. Right. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times, I think too often we're relying on our own energy, you know, and sometimes that's a good thing, but it's not how we're supposed to live all the time because sometimes that can just get exhausting. And, and I think that's, that's a really good point. I'm I'm glad you brought that up because I, I do think that the more or the less we literally connect with people, the easier it is to feel, um, in sort of those emptier, depressed, hopeless spaces, because we're not getting that exchange and that literal connection that we, that we need to really thrive, you know, Mm -hmm. and social media presents itself as a really good substitute. And it's Mm -hmm. really not. It's cool how you can connect with anyone anywhere. Right. Stay in touch with high school friends and what's going on with someone's life. Yeah. At the same time, it's (laughs) like, eh, but what purpose does that serve? You know, like it's, it's cool, but cool doesn't mean a purpose. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? And I, and I think a lot of times we look at those things and we assume they serve a purpose, assume they're beneficial, where in really reality, they're just, it's an interesting thing, or it's kind of neat, but we've substituted strong connection and conversations that spur growth and that kind of stuff with just, eh, this is kind of fun. This is interesting. Oh, cool. Mm -hmm. That person I haven't talked to for 20 years had a baby. Wow. That's neat. Like, okay. I mean, I don't mean to sound like a dick, but like, I don't care. I don't know them. Like, I'm never going to see this baby. I don't don't remember what its name was. I don't even, you know, like I forgot about you until three years ago when we became Facebook friends, I forgot you existed. You know what I mean? Like, and now that, that random connection with a person you don't even talk to, you just see their post is going to substitute for actual conversation Mm -hmm. and energetic exchange. Well, yeah. And don't you think that people I fall victim to this all the time where I feel like I've kept up on someone's goings on like they're, Oh, they're, they went on vacation or they had a kid or, you know, this is happening with them. And so then I don't necessarily reach out and say, what's going on in your life? Because, Oh, I, I saw it on social media. I don't need to talk to you because you already told me. I know. So (laughs) it's, I think it's, um, and one thing I've noticed just having conversations with a friend, it, 
pulls you into different directions that you wouldn't necessarily go to if you were simply just, you know, throwing a post out there or responding Mm -hmm. to something on social media or even just responding to a text or an email. So I, you know, pick up a phone and, and talk with people. I remember it was almost a year ago, actually, I connected with, um, a few of my best friends all in one day, it just happened that they were all available in one day. And so I spent mm-hmm. like the majority of the day on the phone and which I actually don't enjoy sitting on the phone all day, but I just remember the richness of conversation and having that ability to listen and respond and talk about everything was, um, was really helpful. And so I think that you know, sometimes people, and, and this works in a therapeutic sense too. So if you are, you know, struggling with things like anxiety and, you know, tangible life stressors and needing to talk to somebody that talking it out can help. And that's what therapy is for is really for, I mean, number one, helping you just talk out these things and your therapist is there for you. Like they are there to help you sort through these thoughts and provide some tools for you that, that are helpful specifically for you to get some of these thoughts out and put them in a, in a new light. So you can actually manage them and maybe find a way beyond some of these thoughts instead of being paralyzed by them and blocked by them. Right. So I think the conversation, you know, is, is important in our social lives and, you know, for friendships and relationships, it's also important in a therapeutic sense, you know? Yeah. This is kind of a little bit down a rabbit hole, but I was just thinking, you know, we really should have like a, a therapist on, that would be a really good guest on middle-ish. Well, next week we have a sports psychologist on. Well, that's true. I guess that's pretty And we're really excited about that one. um, We could definitely find a therapist or if anybody out there, any one of our listeners has a suggestion Mm -hmm. on a therapist that would be good to interview or somebody we should, we should ask to be on the podcast. Let us know. Let us know because we, we kind of have been lacking in the guest department. I was looking at like the first episodes here. And in like the first 22, we had four guests. Yeah. And then we had like none for the next year. We had, like, yeah. We've had like two over the next. Like, That's all right. That's all right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So give us your ideas. Um, okay. I had a thought and I lost it with my little, um, side train track thing there. Uh, I don't know what it was. It always comes back to you. Yeah. I'm really good at this, aren't I? About We're talking about conversations and having a conversation with a therapist or a friend or. Oh, I know I was going to ask you, have you, um, well, I'll say this first. Like I've, I've gone to therapy three different times in my life. I think mm-hmm. maybe four, I don't know a few, have you ever, have you ever done therapy? I did therapy mm-hmm. when oh. I was in my early to mid twenties and have Mm -hmm. been considering highly considering going back just recently. And I, I don't know what, I don't know what's holding me back from it. I think, so this is what I tell myself is that the social, the uh, mental health services area is so overburdened right now that I am pretty stable and I can, I have a lot of resources. I'm very fortunate to have 
you know, loving family and friends and people I can reach out to. And I'm capable of like, you know, finding some information to kind of help myself work through some of these things at the same time. That's not an excuse. One of my friends actually said, isn't that up to the therapist to decide if they have room in their schedule for you? That's not up to you. And I'm like, yeah, that's a good point. So yeah, I've been yeah. highly considering it. Yeah, I have too. That Kathleen and I were just a lot more Kathleen was just kind of looking at some different options. Just like, man, it just feels like after the last year and a half, there's a lot that we've got to talk to and an unbiased uh-huh. place, kind of a safe place where you can just kind of say whatever you, even if you mm-hmm. don't mean it, just say what you need to say. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, and some of it is like understanding that I can't influence, I shouldn't say influence, that I may or may not change what anybody says or thinks, right? I can only impact truly what I Mm -hmm. say to myself, what I say to others, how I think, how I respond to others' comments. So I think part of that is for me, like just thinking Mm -hmm. how, you know, some tools for me to to manage that kind of stuff. And then just, I mean, geez, life is different than, I mean, just, just watch a movie from the eighties that you grew up with Mm -hmm. and (laughs) talk about just a real punch in the face of how different life is now. And I can't imagine somebody with kids. Um, and this is, I mean, this is kind of getting off the topic of, you know, getting out of your own head. But I mean, I think it dovetails into the whole like conversation and relationship piece, you mm-hmm. know, like just Absolutely. recognizing that, you know, things are super different. And instead of just mm-hmm. wishing that they would go back to the way they were newsflash, I don't think life is going to go back to anything resembling 2019 and prior. So, right. Well, and even if it did like go back to similar, like we're not the same. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like we are yeah. as a society, we're different now. And so mm-hmm. we just, even if we went back to the same space, we wouldn't operate the same within it. But I also think that, you know, just, yeah, talking about the last, like, it's been a hard time to be a small business owner. <laughs> it's been a rough <laughs> go the last year and a half. It's yes, been a little bumpy, a little stressful. Yeah. So I'm right there with you. I was like, yeah, I think, yeah, I think it'd be good to, you know, take some time and talk yeah. to somebody about so just know- all this stuff just know that you are not alone listeners. Mm -hmm. If you're getting kind of caught in your own head, or if you, if this podcast resonates with you in a way that you're like, man, I didn't realize how much I was kind of up in my own head, but maybe that's an issue. And I need to address this in different ways, you know, Hey, let us know. And hopefully you can find some, you know, some tools to, to move forward, whether it's any of the stuff we've talked about here, you know, reconnecting, having, I know Brian Fretwell talks about that weekly phone call he has with his buddies and how helpful it has been for them. Um, so yeah, yeah. lots of ways to kind of get, get out of that mental, mental spiral right. in a, in a healthful way. Right. And there's no shame if you're there, like, let's be real yeah. clear about that. Like this isn't a, and I don't think we've communicated that, but I know sometimes when people are in places uh, things can resonate differently or, or maybe, you know, we have in ways we didn't intend to, but there's no shame in being caught up in your own head. Like Mm -hmm. we get it. I I'm in the middle of a time of life where I'm really struggling with that too. You know, like Mm -hmm. it's just, it's been a really stressful few months and I've been struggling with not living in places of anxiety and stress. 
you know, and, and I've had to be really, really intentional to step out of that. And I've failed at it a bunch. There's no shame here. It's just the way it is, but it is important that if we're going to look at taking care of ourselves in, in, in kind and healthy ways that, that we need to try to begin to implement um, some intentional choices, actions, that kind of stuff so that we mm-hmm. don't just live there because living in your head all the time is a scary place. It's an exhausting place. And the longer you do it, I think the more mm-hmm. it just like all that just creeps in. It feels like this is all there is. This is all life has for me right now is worry and stress and anxiety and shit. And, mm-hmm. and the longer we live there, the, the harder it is to see anything else. So there's no shame. I get it right there with you right now, you know, but let's try to take some intentional actions to, to one, cut ourselves some slack because we absolutely deserve that. And two, to recognize that there's, there's more than what our heads offer us in any mm-hmm. given moment. <laughs> Um, one other suggestion I was going to make for helping you sort of, you know, switch your brain from that, um, you know, tangle of thoughts and just sort of that barrier to action is to move your body. So I found with my triathlon training, some of that training was very focused. I mean, I had to hold a certain power on the bike for certain intervals. Um, swim training was a lot of math and a lot of kind of complicated, like pacing work and remembering which set you're on and what comes next. And, um, that training really took me out of whatever worry or anxiety or stress or whatever was in my head and forced me into this present moment of not just focusing on the workout and, you know, how long I need to do this interval, but I would have, um, physical cues. And I would do this in a race too, whenever I would get, um, you know, in that space where I'm, you know, halfway through the marathon on an Ironman. And I'm just like, Oh my God, this is so hard. I'm falling apart. I just Mm -hmm. lost another place, whatever. And you're just like, you kind of get in. I don't know if I can hold this pace. Oh, what's that, that I feel in my ankle. Is that like that old injury coming back in the middle of this race? Like your brain just starts going to all of these negative places. And I would, refocus myself on what's happening right now. Like, what do I need to do? You know, how's my form? Do I need to, you know, pick my chest up, pick my shoulders back, you know, pick my knees up, you know, am I, is my cadence where I want it to be like all of those things to just bring me back to what's happening physically right now in this moment. Um, so that's on, you know, one extreme end, right. I was professional triathlete. And so I would put myself into that very focused, um, present place where like every second I was just focusing on the task at hand. Um, anybody can do this with exercise. I mean, going, even going for a walk, you know, that rhythmic, just movement of your body and very Mm -hmm. relaxed. And there's something that can happen where you can process thoughts differently when you're, when you're physically moving versus when Mm -hmm. you're just sitting or when you're, you're Mm -hmm. just in your immediate space, like your home. Um, I've started going to the gym where I go to a class with people and there's a workout that you, I mean, you do have to kind of think about like what exercise is next and how long are we doing this and what's the rest interval and stuff. But then there's other people around too. So there's, you know, a a little bit of light conversation. Sometimes you work with a partner. Some of that is just being in a space with other people. Um, So I do think that physical movement and physical activity as a regular part of your 
everyday life is another way to help you just kind of get out of that stuck place in your head. Yep. And I'm glad you mentioned that because that has honestly, I mean, for a long time, but you know, even just more recently with, you know, pandemic stuff and stress being higher for all of us is even just like 10, 15 minute walks. Yeah. You know, if I'm, you know, if, you know, if I have a real stressful thing happen, or if it's just a day where I'm just kind of in it and, you know, I can feel my productivity, like just decreasing (laughs) and I'm getting more in my head and doing less actually work. If I just take a walk around, like our little loop, which is 10, 15 minutes, you know, um, sometimes I put on music, sometimes I don't, hopefully it's kind of nice and sunny. Um, but just moving my body for a little bit, I come back and it's like, nothing's different, but everything's different, you know, like nothing's changed, but everything feels it's like, okay, I feel better equipped to, to tackle this. You know, I, I, I did something that got me out of where I was and got me into a different headspace, even if it's just for 15 minutes, like, and that's the thing is like, a lot of times it's not about like, you know, depending on where thing you're at, like, it's not about living outside of your head all the time. Sometimes it's about how do I give myself breaks? Mm-hmm. How do I get out of my head for a little bit, you know, for an hour or 10 minutes or a day, or just to like, just to keep your head above water. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. that's a good thing. If, 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 if that's what you got in you, great. That's a really good thing. And it can really help you endure, you know, harder times in life, but that physical movement piece, man, it mm-hmm. can be such an easy way to, to really get you to shift things for you. So I'm really yeah. glad you brought that up. And I, I love that you said nothing is different, but everything's different because that's another kind of question you can ask yourself. What if there was a different way to view this situation mm-hmm. or what if I could find a way to shift my perspective here? And I think that can also sort of pull you back to what is the next action I can take? What's the next Mm -hmm. right move I can make here instead of just feeling like everything's out of my control or I'm never going to get this done. Or why does this person always say this to me? Why is this always happening to me? It sort of shifts you again, back to that present moment. What's the thing I can do next that might shift my perspective. And just, I think sometimes just opening up that door of hope that there is a different way to see this situation. Mm-hmm. And there is a way to work through this anxiety or stress or whatever you're feeling at the moment, just opening up that kind of idea that there is a different way. How do I get there? Like, what's the next step? Mm-hmm. I think that that's a really good point is just, Hey, yeah. I could come back and this won't feel as overwhelming or this won't be as stress. I can, you know, stressful. I can take a break from this shitty email I just got and Mm -hmm. come back to it later and have a different feeling or a different response. So I think reminding yourself too, that when you're kind of in that, you know, spiral in your head, or you're just stuck with these thoughts and kind of swimming around, Hey, I need something to break this up so that Mm -hmm. I can come back at it from a different angle. Yeah. Yeah. Because sometimes that's, that's the break we need. You mm-hmm. know, is, is is sometimes it's not like these monumental things. Sometimes it's just a little bit of perspective shift or a little bit of a break that gets us out of, out of our heads. And when we kind of get back into our heads, sometimes we see it differently. It's like, okay, I can see what's going on. I right. can see how this isn't what I thought it was, how it's, it looks different. Or I'm looking at it differently or it's not as big, you know, whatever. 
Um, and when we can, even if we wind up back in our own heads, if we're in a little bit different place, sometimes that's all we need, you know, mm -hmm. and, and that's not a bad thing, you know, so no shame, no judgment. It's, it's, this is tough stuff <laughs> and it's stuff yep. that I think you don't just get, and then you have it like it's stuff you have mm -hmm. to revisit. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's just life. It doesn't mean you're doing it wrong. If you got to come back here again and again, that means life happens and you're living life and that's the way it goes. You yep. know? Yeah. And if we can be helpful at all, we mm -hmm. hopefully, we hopefully are. And I think this is a great, um, subject for everybody. It applies to everybody. And, yeah. uh, I hope you learned a few tactics here, mm -hmm. some ways to address that. Yeah. So Anything else we to do, say? Uh, well, yeah, but not on that topic. Okay. <laughs> Go for it. I was going to wrap us up without checking with you. I'm, I'm good. Are you good? I've said all the things We're good. I, think I want to say. Yeah. I was going yeah. to say before we do mean and the mundane, um, mm -hmm. just a quick reminder, you know, like, Hey, if you enjoy what we do here at Middleish, please share, please, you know, tag a friend in one of our posts and say, Hey, check this out. Send a, a link to, you know, YouTube video or Spotify or Apple podcast, whatever, leave us a rating, leave us a review, subscribe. Um, any of that stuff is really helpful to, to what we're doing here and trying to get out this message of middle-ish and moderation. So that's all I wanted to say. Thank you. Yeah. Very well said. Well, thank you. Okay. Uh, I have a meeting in the mundane. Go for go? it. Yes. This is just last night and I'm really excited about it. Um, <laughs> so like about, I don't know, 6.30 or so last night, we'd, we'd eaten dinner. We were just kind of hanging out. And I told Lana, I said, Hey, what if, uh, what if we get our pajamas on and we watch, uh, Shang-Chi and Legend of the Ten Rings, the new Marvel movie that's out on Disney plus because mm, yeah. we hadn't watched it yet. And she was like, yeah. So we got our jammies on, got changed, <clears throat> snuggled up in her bed. And we have like a little TV upstairs in their playroom and it moved that into her room and on her little bookshelf. And so we could lay in bed and watch TV and, and just watch the movie. And you know, there were a couple of times where I was like, Hey, do you want to snuggle? And she's like, no, I'm good. Okay. That's fine. You know? And, um, we were just laying on her bed and I don't know, maybe halfway through, she just kind of like leaned over and put her head on my shoulder. And I just mm. put my arm around her and I was just holding her. I just kissed her head. And after a few minutes, I said, this is one of my very favorite things. And she goes, yeah, it's one of mine too. Oh, yeah. Okay. Sweet. This is the best ever. <laughs> the best moment of my life right now <laughs> so you know it's i mean That's she's sweet. at that age where you know she doesn't always want to be as affectionate and she's more conscious of her body and like uh dad don't hug me like that it feels kind of weird you know like mm. she's just more aware of things so when i do get those moments of like yeah let me just like snuggle right into you and can you just hold me back uh -huh. and yeah it's just they're just awesome so that was mine that's sweet. Yeah. Um, mine has to do with snuggling too, but since I don't have any kids, it's with rally my kitty cat. <laughs> so I, I got my COVID booster on Saturday. And so yesterday was just spent in bed with a fever and kind of feeling crummy all day. And I, I took, I think two or three naps yesterday and mm -hmm. I woke up. I, I rarely take a nap really late in the day. Like I kind of have this rule where I need to nap about eight hours after I wake up. <laughs> Otherwise it's, I'm not gonna, I'm not mm -hmm. gonna push it too late. Like Matt can come home after work and take a nap at like five 30 or six and still be okay to go to sleep. Not me. 
but I ended up falling asleep right as the sun was going down. And I kind of woke up in this sort of twilight, like it was, the sun had just gone down (laughs) and I was, you know, discombobulated because, oh man, I slept kind of late in the day and rally was, he had crawled into my lap when I was starting to doze off and I woke up and he's just sprawled out in this just cute way where his whole weight (laughs) is like on my legs and my torso, just like Mm -hmm. sprawled completely out and it's kind of dark. So I can't really see anything, but I just can feel this weight and this breathing in my, (laughs) in my lap. So it was just a lovely way to kind of wake up and be, um, and just feeling that like safe and cozy and warm, you know, Mm -hmm. lovely feeling. So that was mine. I love pet ones. Pets are the best. I know. I know. I have a lot of those. I share a lot of my (laughs) meeting in the mundane with my kitty cat. Understandable. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thank you, everyone. We appreciate it. Catch you next week. Mm -hmm. Have a good one. Bye.